You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're headed for the big screen in Fab Facts. A spaceship from the past is causing problems in the present in the randomizer. And John Tracy's here. Well, his voice anyway. It's Keith Alexander. That's all coming up in Pod 204. Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Here we are again. <laughs> I know. Yes. I <laughs> when you say it like that, uh, yeah. Sort of I mean, here we are again. Feels like a fever dream or something, doesn't it? It does a bit. Keep waking up. A while, and we keep coming back yeah. for more of the yeah. Jerry Anderson podcast with yes. you, Richard James, <gasps> and you, Jamie Anderson, and him in there. Can you believe? Oh, can you? What? I don't know if you can hear him. Is but that he's, him? He's cleaning he's, up my kitchen he's today. Up, isn't he? I yes. Know. It's nice of him. The very lovely Gosh. randomizer, Chris Dale, who. He's also turns yeah. out to be an amazing housekeeper. So thank you, Chris. I mean, he's, he, he's very thorough, isn't he? He's, he's licking between the, the prongs of the fork there before yeah, that, he puts it in the uh, dishwasher. That's, uh, that's, that's the, uh, the patented Chris Dale dishwasher pre-wash yeah, that's cycle. That's right. Um, anyway, I mean, if anyone's house is in need of keeping, it's certainly mine. So thank you, Chris. Well, yeah. When he's finished tidying up, he'll be here uh, with his amazing randomizer, where he randomly listens uh, and watches, in fact. He randomly watches a random episode yes. of a random Jerry Anderson show, as picked by the randomizer, and he gives us all sorts of amazing, fantastic, interesting, humorous, and insightful comments on said episode. Yes, that's true. He does. Yeah. Uh, now, along with all those things... Ah. I'm going to ask you to tell yeah. us what else is Go coming. On. However, yeah. before I do that, last week I tasked you, Richard James, if you remember, yeah. with finding a Jerry Anson catchphrase type of thing oh, that we yeah. can use to indicate to the Podstrons that they should get in touch with us. Yes. Now, because yes. you came up with, you know uh, where we are, yeah, which, which was you did very like, throwaway, very casual. Yeah, you did like We that, needed yeah. something more Anderson-esque. So what have you come up with? Right. Well, I've taken my time uh, with Demeter City's Finest as my inspiration. Have you? From my time on board uh, the police cruisers of uh, Precinct 88. Mm-hmm. Our call sign, I think, was SPA. It was. Which I thought, I think it was Space, Pre- Space Police Affirmative, Affirmative, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I thought, well, we could adapt that slightly for the podcast and we could use SPA as Send Podsteron Amusement. Wow. How's that? SPA. Oh, yeah, okay. Like it? I mean, you know, it's got oomph, it's got, you know, drive, it's, well, it's an imperative, isn't it? It's a command. Send Podstron Amusement. Okay, fine. Well, I'll, I'll accept that for now. So, Podstrons, oh. you heard the man, SPA. Oh, there you go. You see, it works. And they have been sending Podstron amusement in their droves uh, since we last met. Of course they have, to podcast.jerryanderson.com and we'll be set, uh, reading out a few of their emails a little later on. They've also been posting on our Facebook group and I'll be reading out some posts there and from our YouTube channel as well. Uh, we've got Fab Facts coming up any moment now. Everybody's second favourite part <laughs> of the podcast. Rude. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've got the second part of Ben Page's interview with Keith Alexander. Ooh, yeah, really enjoyed nice. the first part last week. He's provided many uh, voices for... Uh, the worlds of Jerry Anderson, so you can look forward to the second part of that uh, a little later on. And of course, even though we're at pod 204, 
there's still some Jerry Anderson news. And that'll be coming up later too. Always unavoidable well, Jerry Anderson news, I'd say. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good. Well, I'm glad mm. to know that the Podstrons have been SPAing all over the place and they, look forward to hearing really their, have. their little yes. contributions later on. Yes. But since you've already mentioned it, would you like to instantly go into this week's Fab Facts? Uh, have I got a choice? Uh, well, yes, you do, actually. If you really said no, then we could skip over it. I couldn't do that to you. Go no, on. thank you. Then that means it's Fab Facts. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. I mean, that was touch and go for a moment. I really it thought was. you were going to pull the cord. I was the, building the yeah. and, uh, Absolutely. You know. Wow. Oof. Imagine if we did that one. You know, maybe going to the news before Fab Facts. Mm. Imagine. Oh, no, I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> no. It, I, yeah. It would feel like, I don't know, putting on your socks before your pants. Are you going to well, tell me you do that, don't I mean, you? I, of course you. Well, of I course. do, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, but that just everybody? reminds me of that quote from um, Peep Show, isn't it? Where it said, always... Pants before socks. Never socks before pants. Makes you look right. like a chicken. Otherwise. Right. You see? I think it's that. Someone will correct me. <laughs> yeah. Or the last turkey in the shop. Uh, exactly anyway, come that. on. Let's carry on. Come on quick before we get into even more trouble. Yes. Sorry. Right. Anyway, this is Fab Facts, where actually we don't normally talk about the order in which you put on your no, undergarments. No, really but instead, no. I've got a book of Fab Facts. There's me flicking through it. Oh, yeah. I flick through the book. Uh, and uh, at a random point, Richard shouts, a command to stop. That command is... Fab! That's it, uh, which makes me stop flicking. And then I yep. read you a fact, which hopefully is fab, from the page where I've stopped. Richard, are you ready with your fab? Born ready. And I'm born ready with the flicking, believe it or not. Here nice. we go. Fab! Hey. Did you hear the massive acceleration there at the I end? I did, yeah. yeah that's why we, I got it quick. You Ooh. just stopped me before the end of the book, which is lucky. Wow. So, uh, the Jerry Anderson shows are obviously ripe for adaptation by Hollywood, aren't they, Richard James? I mean... A big oh, yes. budget feature film of Space 1999 or oh, UFO. It's got to happen. It's got mm, to happen. Yeah, well, they've uh, they've been discussed at length. Yes, uh, they have. That's uh, true. Uh, over many, many years. Uh, yeah. And there was even the ill-fated, although loved by some, live-action Thunderbirds movie in 2004. Yeah, true. But, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. In what way was it ill-fated? I mean, well, it did all right, didn't it? Not you really, know, no. I don't, did it not? I don't think it made its budget back, did it? Oh, okay, okay. So that is ill-fated. Cool. So, But, you know, it got lots of you, even some of you listening right now, you podsterons, into the world yeah. of Jerry Anderson, so we can't be totally ungrateful and against no. it. But exactly. just mostly. Anyway, we've okay. talked a lot about the various attempts to bring these shows to the cinema, but one we don't mention very often, and for good reason, is Joe 90. Oh? Yes, even that little... Uh, <clears throat> Joe Puppet, was yeah. <laughs> uh, believed to have big screen potential. Really? Believe it or not, yes. In 2003, yeah. a pair of producers purchased the rights to make a Joe 90 movie. Uh, oh. The company Angry Films, understandably, yeah, I'd be angry if I bought yeah. the uh, Joe 90 rights, uh, was allegedly <laughs> hiring screenwriters to make the movie to be released by Disney. And they were so confident of the success of this that they contacted film industry trade paper Variety to let them know that the project was underway. Now, unfortunately, as so often happens, it seems the project never went any further. And it seems right. that there was yeah. a Spy Kids craze at the time due to the success of that particular film series. Ah. But the trend was rapidly and probably justifiably coming to an end. Mm -hmm. uh, that, combined with the lacklustre box office performance of the 2004 Thunderbirds film, may have influenced Angry Films to put Joe 90 back on the shelf. Oh, 
Oh, now, what, what a shame. What do you think a Joe 90 movie would have been like? Would you have gone to the cinema to support it? More importantly, wouldn't you rather see a big-budget version of The Secret Service? Yes. Do yes, I would. Send your comments to podcast at jerryanderson.com uh, and yeah. SPA, please. Exactly. Send Podstron amusement. Yes. That's yes. right. This, I'm not sure this is going to catch oh. on, but we can try. No, uh, well, come on, let's keep plugging away. Don't give up that easily. Okay, fine. Well, look, if it, if it had been made in that Spy Kids era, I just have a feeling it would have been terrible. I mean, I probably a show that would be even more precocious than the 1968 no, version. No, I, uh, but I think, now, you see, I, I was in, I wasn't in Spy Kids, but at about the same time, I had a very, very small role in a film called Stormbreaker, yes. which uh, was based on the Alex Ryder novels by Anthony Horowitz. Yes. And uh, they've now made a series of that, I think. They have so too, it was, in fact. Yeah, right. Uh, very of its time. Uh, and I suspect if, if they had made a... I'm suspecting it would be a live-action Joe 90. It was, um, yeah. And I would say he'd be a teenager. Mm. I think that would be the way it would go, wouldn't it? You know, sort of 14, 15, 16-year-old. Yeah. And would they have taken the opportunity to, to iron out the kinks, you know, the stuff that you don't like, uh, about the, you know, the whole the ethics of, of, uh, of um, being put through Oh, I think machine. the ethics side is, is fascinating. Yeah. But it's just not... That, I mean, it's not very it's Disney, though, it's, it? it's not. No, and it's not touched upon at all in the in the show. I mean, I think yeah. it's very easy for all these things to say. Oh, do you know what? I would really love a dark, a darker, grittier version of dot dot dot. Yeah, it's yeah. an easy shortcut, isn't it? But in this case, <laughs> yeah, if I had to watch Joe ninety, I would want to see a darker, grittier version of Joe ninety. To be honest, okay. and it's probably something more akin to Alex Ryder, with yeah. uh, with the kind of uh, the, the technical side of Joss Whedon's um, Dollhouse. Ah, which okay. was about you know the uh, implanting of memories and skills into into secret agents, yeah. I believe. So yeah. if you combine I those see. two, I can see there being some some serious potential. And I mean, you, you talk about a, a big budget version of Secret Service. Yes, I mean, oh, and I just like to point out in Stormbreaker, I played a vicar. Did you? Uh, you know, I've got form. If you're, you know, if that if that happens and they need a new, you know, Father Unwin. Well, I did. I did I write a treatment for a. A new Secret Service a few years Did ago. You? Yeah, it was Did really you? fun, and I was really pleased with it. But yes. I've never, I've never tried to do anything with it. But um, oh, who knows? Well, Maybe one day. Who knows? Yes, lovely. <laughs> you don't sound very convinced, but uh, who knows? <laughs> well, well, what would you do, Postrons? If you could go for a, a, a live-action Jerry Anderson reboot, which which one would it be, and why? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't and- say Captain Scarlet. Well, everyone says Captain Scarlet because it's an yeah, easy one. Exactly. But maybe yeah. you know, actually, you think, oh, Terrorhawks. Well. Mm good idea yes. okay. or, or maybe yeah. you're thinking supercar i don't know Candy Certainly. and Andy. yeah Get, mm, no. yeah maybe not that okay one. okay mm. Mm, supercar yeah. yes i could see that yeah well dirk mags would certainly love to see uh, a live action supercar i know but uh, anyway yeah. do let us know spa uh, as much as you possibly can <laughs> uh, and email us podcast at jerryanderson.com you see it's catching on isn't it well, only because I'm saying it repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, but true. Let's give it a few weeks and see if it catches on or not. Right. Uh, anyway, look, that's the end, I think, of this week's Remake live Fact! Oh, yeah, you see, I went live because of live, live action. Live but remake? Re- live action remake? remake? Yeah, so not, not very successful. No. But, um, About as sorry. successful as uh, Thunderbirds 2004, I'd say. Oh! Oh, ouch, I know. Yes, I know. come on, let's leave Forgive that. Me. Now, uh, now uh, over in our email bag, uh, mm. Jeff Tilly has been looking back. Now, this will interest you, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. I found this email buried in my Outlook folder. Amazingly, the link to the press release still actually works. And he attached the Word document, uh, which reads, Press Release, 
embargoed until 00.01 GMT, 21st of August, 2013. Stand by for action as Anderson, Anderson Entertainment's first Jerry Anderson convention is go! Oh. The event promises to deliver, to deliver an exclusively Anderson experience, celebrating the life and legacy of British television's most celebrated science fiction producer and creator of tele-fantasy classics, including Thunderbirds, Space 1999, Joe 90, Captain Scarlet, UFO and Stingray, Andacon 2014, will be taking place on the weekend of Saturday 19th and Sunday the 20th of April 2014 at the Parking Hotel Heathrow airport london and it did and it did there you go he says that was over eight years ago and it's been a time of leaps and bounds since then before your endeavors anderson fandom felt neglected now it's the best it's ever been cheers from jeff isn't that lovely that nice thanks jeff that's so nice to look back at these things and these little ideas that come up along the way and uh yeah absolutely right well more of those i hope i'm you know now that uh, we are yeah Coming out of all the COVID stuff and real world things are happening, I think yeah, uh, hopefully right. we'll see, see some more events. That would be great. Uh, now, here's an email from someone who just signs himself as AF. So AF says, howdy, gents. Warmest greetings from my point in time and space. I managed to find your podcast while I was recovering from being sick and stuck in bed. Oh, sorry uh, to hear that. I mean, I hope it helped. Uh, I initially found my way to you after a suggested random link brought me to the Tech Talk briefings on the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel. My experience with the Andiverse started with Space 1999 as it ran on the PBS station in our area in the 1980s. Either my memory is odd or the local station mixed up the episodes because I remember them running in a strange order, alternating episodes at random between seasons one and two. Yeah, could have happened. Once I got to college in the 1990s, I found UFO, and then I was introduced to Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet via the Sci-Fi and A&E, which is Arts and Entertainment channels. The 2000s saw me scouring the internet and trading VHS tapes for choppy versions of New Captain Scarlet, which couldn't be found anywhere else. Fast forward to 200 podcasts later, literally taking you three with me everywhere I go. A membership to the Podstrons Facebook group and a lot of Jerry Anderson products which have been delivered to my home. All this in the last few months. Oh, wow. Now, because of you three agents of joy, he says, or she says, they say, I have discovered all the Anderson productions I had no previous knowledge about, including Space Precinct, which Richard James barely mentions. Uh, New Thunderbirds episodes, Lavender Castle, Secret Service, Big Finish Audio Adventures, Firestorm, I missed the Kickstarter, and new projects coming all the time. I will say that I have a lot of material to watch and digest as the year progresses. As an aside to Jamie, I'm staying on this channel for my first viewing of Terrorhawks and the associate audio or associated audio dramas. I hear there is an emergency. And for Richard, I've got to get some Space Precincts book to read before I start on that new box set that's making its way to me. SIG. AF. There you go. Ah. Coming to Terrorhawks for the first time. Imagine well, that. Well, uh, you have to come to everything for the first time at some point. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Good that's great, that. though. Yeah, Jonathan Bell has sent us a lovely voice clip. He says, Dear Richard and Jamie, uh, it was a great weekend all round. Ah, oh, this is going back to our podcast, live podcast, and uh, of course, a standby for action concert in Birmingham two or three weeks ago. Uh, it was nice to see people aged from 5 to 85 to celebrate the great legacy of a true legend that is your father, Jamie. So I include a voice clip for you, and this is from Jonathan Bell. Ah. Thank you for a great weekend, uh, Jamie and Richard, and all Anderson Entertainment. It was a very wonderful concert to bring back good memories for me. And I've ordered the uh, DVD of the concert. 
which will be a Father's Day present for my dad, because he was an original Jerry Anderson fan, growing up, uh, starting his talk to the Battery Boy, right through to uh, like when he was in his twenties to Space nineteen ninety nine. It truly was a great weekend, and I hope that Jamie, that you like the Doctor Who uh, coasters I got for you. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, lovely. Isn't lovely. that nice? I, I like how many kind of um, multi-generational pairings this has brought ah. together, whether they're at the concert or not. Um, Very true. It's, it's a real lovely sharing thing, so thank you for that. Very true. It was rather nice at the live podcast, wasn't it, when Trevor introduced his son, Ollie, to us. Yes, we loved a that. Nice moment. Yeah. Uh, hello, it's James here, says James. Hello, James. Yes, I'm the lucky sod who won the tickets to stand by for action oh, at yes. the other weekend events. Oh, well done you, James. I wanted to send out a massive thank you to everyone involved for such a great weekend. Watching A Life Uncharted was a very moving and bittersweet experience and so much of a tearjerker. It shone so much on Jerry's life and really gave everyone an insight into the man. Then, the next day, after my friend and I enjoyed another of our fandoms by watching the new Sonic movie, nice. we had an absolute blast at the live podcast where, thanks to the odd order I've been listening to the podcast and a couple of lucky guesses, I managed to come second in the pre-recording competition. Oh, yes, James. That was now, amazing luck. Yes. We haven't mentioned that, have we? Uh, no. Seeing Thunderbirds Argo on the big screen was truly special. And after a quick run to the Symphony Hall, it was great to meet everyone at the VIP meet and greet, though I likely made a fool of myself being somewhat overwhelmed. Speaking of the meet and greet, I must give a special thank you to John Colshaw and Lindsay Lee for getting Parker to give a birthday greeting for my friend's dad's 70th. <laughs> and then, of course, we had the amazing concert itself. It's so hard to pick a highlight, but if I had to, it would be hearing the whole Terror Hall suite with the full orchestra oh, and yes. vocals as it deserved to be. Yeah. Uh, once again, a big thank you to everyone involved and also the other attendees who I chatted to who made me feel so welcome. Well, that's Podstrons for you. He says, we truly are a wonderful fandom and it's so lovely to see classic stuff revisited even as new stuff is being made. Keep up the fantastic work. And that's from James Munro who adds a PS. As I promised Richard, my Space Precinct DVDs have been ordered and are en route. Yes. SBA. Good. Ah, great to hear. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, lovely. I mean, yes, uh, talking about the concert, we haven't really spoken much about it, apart from people uh, emailing us in, to, uh, emailing us to say how much they enjoyed it. But I think a highlight for uh, lots of people was the Terror Hawk Suite uh, by Richard Harvey. It was a yes. real standout moment, wasn't it? And I think it, it was took super special. Quite a few people by surprise, if I might say. Yeah, I suspect there was a lot of, oh, well, Terror Hawk is all right. And then Rich, yeah. Richard just performed yeah. his heart out. That's right. As did the orchestra. And it sounded so good. Yeah. Um, and I, I often find really it, so, those bits of music, you know, the thing with doing opening and closing titles is they are going to be 45 to 90 seconds max. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's, right. there's not a lot of time to get into it. You know what's coming. And you enjoy it for what it is, but I felt like Terror Hawks is one of those is one of those performances where you sort of lose yourself in it. You lose any perception of time, and you just get into the flow of loving it for what it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was a yeah. nine and a half minute suite, I think, and it wow you know, didn't feel like nine and a half minutes because it was just no. so engaging. So yeah, there you go. Absolutely. And I know I'm biased with Terror Hawks, but you know, I think you'll hear from no, a lot of people who even yeah. are not big fans of Terror Hawks, and they still love that suite. 
Absolutely right, yeah. Uh, finally for now then, uh, Tom Hodden's been in touch via email. Dear Jamie, uh, Richard, Chris et al. I'm sure that many new listeners would have joined the fold since the concert and the live podcast. As such, some of the subtle in-jokes about the mysterious number of podcasts might seem confusing, so allow me to welcome our new Podstron friends and explain. Before the podcasts available on your feed now, there were a number of super-secret episodes that were never meant to be released but accidentally entered the feed. Those of us who listened are under sworn oath not to reveal their contents, lest the tortured one and his minions seek us out and ensure our silence. So, you absolutely will not hear from me how Richard won the right to be the co-host after narrowly besting his competition in gladiatorial combat, nor that Fab Facts was once more extreme, being recorded while base jumping off shooting locations from the protectors, nor that early episodes of The Randomizer were recorded during car chases while Chris Dale tried to escape the lifelong grudge that Twizzle still holds. Thankfully, Richard has now loosened the procedure for joining the Podstrons to a few questions and a friendly hello, which is far more efficient than the old system of secretive interviews, strange how handshakes, robed ceremonies to the dark entity known as Marina and the ever-popular cosplay assault course. It goes without saying that if you ask other podsterons, they will, of course, deny everything. Many thanks for all the hard work on the podcast, and that's from Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, of course, there's that episode where you turn the air blue. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember that. (laughs) That's right. And I knew nothing about it until I think, where were we? We were somewhere. Was it... Was it even a previous live podcast? I don't know. And Terry Adam said, oh, yeah, it's funny in that one where you were. Uh, yeah, we, you know, it was you when we were sat with Terry in the Costa near your old house, wasn't it? Right, right. And we were like, oh, yeah, Terry, that's very yeah. funny. He was like, no, no, yeah. no I'm serious. Yeah. What? Oh. Is it what? Yeah. I think it still exists you on YouTube. Oh, no. Yeah, it's okay. still on YouTube. Pass over that. Pass over. Anyway, if, if, uh, ignoring that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all for now. But there are still some more emails to come. So uh, we'll dive back into the post box a little later on. Excellent. Gosh, there's loads more to yeah. come, actually, but we yes. should probably have some Jerry Anson news, shouldn't we? Oh, go on. Okay, right, well, then I suppose here's this week's Jerry Anson news. Uh, yes, Postron, you know the secret code. Do, do it with me now. It's news, this week. news, news, no, news, news. Oh, sorry, what you said, you said do it now. Yeah, but I was going to say... It's time for this oh. week's Jerry oh, Anderson. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Newsy. Oh, oh, so now I say it. Oh. Now there's just loads of people Newsy muttering news. themselves. Oh. 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 Right, ready? Here Newsy, we go. News, news, news. It's time oh. right. for this week's so Jerry this Anderson. Week's news, news, Jerry Anderson. News, news, news. Oh. God, I think uh, you're, you're, oh. you're going to get a verbal oh, warning after this one, Richard James. Anyway, right. uh, there's lots of stuff. Let's begin, as always, with the first item, which is this. So let's start with this. If you're planning a mission to the moon, which I'm sure you all are, then you won't want to go without your trusty anti-radiation pills, will you? Well, especially delivered from the World Space Commission, our new anti-radiation pills are available now. Actually, no anti-radioactive effect, I'm afraid to say. They are, in fact, mint sweets, but they are in a rather snazzy orange and cream and black uh, labelled bottle. They look rather cool. Nice gift for you, anyone Space 1999 mad, or just mad potentially from radiation sickness, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy those. Uh, If you're looking for a bargain, our eBay store is coming back now um, after some time away because we've all been very, very busy. There'll be some new bargains and listings coming very, very soon. Just go to eBay and search for Anderson Entertainment. 
This week you may have just seen, or you will be seeing very shortly, a video trailer for uh, the concert. So you get a little flavour of the visuals you'll be experiencing in the DVD or the Blu-ray, and you'll be able to hear the mixed version um, that you'll be hearing on the soundtrack. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Oh! If you're looking to see Jerry Anderson A Life Uncharted, I'm happy you joined us at Bristol or at Uckfield last week. Well, coming next week on the 18th of May, we're at Glasgow at the Glasgow Film Theatre. The 21st, we're at Norden Farm in Maidenhead. And then the following week, uh, the 28th, that's Saturday, uh, we are at MCM London. Not to do a full screening, but to do a Q&A, show you some clips and extra special bits and pieces, and to tell you some things that didn't make it into the final doc. We are aiming to have a London screening somewhere around then as well, so stand by for more news there. Mm -hmm. If you have the Ander app, then stand by for action this Friday as we have our first Ander exclusive. It's a bit awkward to say, isn't it? Uh, flash sale. Yep, one special item from the Jerry Ann store will be selected this Friday at 12 p.m. and you'll receive a notification in the app of how to get said item for a, a massive discount. In this case, of 20%, 20% off, uh, a fifth off for our Friday flash sale app exclusive it's very effy nice uh so if not then um if you haven't already got it then download the app from your app store whether you're an iphone or a, an android person just pop along and search for ander app a-n-d-e-r-a-double-p and are you enjoying your stingray blu-rays we'd love to know we've seen them dropping all over the place the uh, those who were lucky enough to get the super deluxe and the deluxe versions from network and now from the jerry anson store they seem to be popping up everywhere lots of lovely images on social media even little mini my dog is excited as you can hear we'd love to see your images email us podcast at jerryanson.com all right mini uh, or just tweet us hashtag jerryansonpodcast and we'd love to see your collection where it's at and uh, maybe a happy you as well showing you're enjoying it that now, I think, is the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news! That was the news! Gosh. Oh. <laughs> a bit of a Sorry, roller a coaster high, there. A bit high there, yeah. 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 Great. Oh, I mean, there's still stuff, isn't there? There's lovely, still stuff happening. Stuff. Yes, I yes. Know. What's, do you think, the best bit of Jerry Anderson news you've ever heard? Ooh. And then I'll tell you mine. Um. Hmm? Oh, I don't know. Oh, right. Shall I it's bleed difficult in for me. Yeah, please, what's yours? Now, this is a real exclusive because I've got to be talking money. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. The Go best on. bit of Jerry Anderson news I ever heard yeah. was when I heard from my agent that my fee for doing Space Precinct in 1994, 95 had risen from £36,000 to £49,500. What? A week? That is the exclusive. <laughs> no. There you go. I don't think that information is out there in any form. That's what I got for Space Precinct. Goodness me, that's amazing. And that huge leap was because it had been sold to so many more territories. Even This is before we even started work. Before wow. a frame had been shot. Suddenly, you know, week by week it went up. That's brilliant, isn't it? A massive jump. Yes. There you go. Yeah, There's so the exclusive. That, that does actually chime with other stuff I've heard, though, because it, uh -huh. on New Captain Scarlet... Several of the team had had signed their contracts for for, uh, for their certain roles. Yeah, and then they got their first pay packet, and it, it had been increased because uh, they managed to raise some more money for the for the yes. for the, the show. And so, yes. Dad elected to increase their their amount beyond their co their contract, which is kind of nice. it's rather nice, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I have to say, I've never earned quite so much again. For those of you <laughs> thinking, well, it's all right for these actors, fifty grand a year. Well, that happened once. Yeah. 
once many years ago. That's right. That's right. Ouch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Fair enough. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad it made you happy for a, a year. So. Well, it certainly did. Yes. Been living on it ever since. <laughs> certainly in terms of you know coffees, teas. Yeah. Of course, I was in space prison. Can I have a free coffee? <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. Charlotte's not fed up with that joke at all, is she? <laughs> no, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, now we do have some more emails. I'm going to head back on out over to our uh, face. No, to our email bag. This is from Steve. Our face bag. I think that's, that's a great bag, idea. Our nose bag. Uh, thank you, sir Steve, ever so much for putting on a fantastic weekend last weekend. Ah, yes. So this is about the concert and so on. The documentary which I attended, or rather, I will attend at Uckfield Picture House and the live podcast and the concert. It was absolutely fantastic to meet you and the fellow Potters. This was just what we all needed after the last two years. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Was there was nice, a real sense it? of that, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Happy to get back uh, together. Absolutely. Uh, he says, sorry if I got a bit emotional during the podcast recording, which is my excuse for getting Willow's name wrong. Uh, we've just reviewed the documentary at the Potter's Arms, and it resonates with many of us regarding the last year of your dad's life and how it was allowed, or rather has allowed people, uh, to be able to relate to what you were going through. It's a shame your dad never fully accepted how great a showmaker he was, but I hope that you do. And I also hope you appreciate how special that weekend was to us all. Well done to you and all the team. And that's from Steve P.S. I'm still buzzing after a week. Uh, can it really be a week or already he says okay he said that a, a while ago uh, it's a bit longer than that now but uh yeah what a weekend it was uh it is it's it's a it is a sad thing i mean we mentioned this before that he it was never really enough for your dad to appreciate the work that he'd done no. and what a big thing that was in many people's lives and that that is inherently a very sad thing isn't it it is but i think it was part of the makeup necessary to make those things which people loved so true two sides of the same coin it's true. an unavoidable part of it uh, had he been the sort to rest on his laurels, he wouldn't have driven forward and broken the mould and given us new new stuff, would he? Exactly. He could yeah. have just stuck with yep. sort of travelogue showcase documentaries yeah. like you've never yep. seen this. and uh, That's right. And that would have been that. But um, yes. no, yes. amazing, really. Uh, would there still be a Jerry Anderson podcast, I wonder, if it was just oh. you've never seen? Yeah, I mean, imagine. I don't know. Uh, I guess, well, we would have never met, would we? Well, there's always every cloud, I suppose. <laughs> uh, now, Hannah has also finally got in touch to say to Jamie, Richard, Chris and others. Rude. I just want to say thank you all for the amazing weekend back in April. I had a lovely time. It was great seeing all of you again and some new faces too. And I hope you had a good journey home. I enjoyed watching the documentary. I had a good laugh at the live podcast and the concert was wonderful. I was very sad when it was all over and I was driving home. I was literally crying inside Aww. of me, but I'm very glad that I went. I've already pre-ordered the concert Blu-ray and I look forward to reliving it all again. Thank you very much until we meet again from Hannah. There you go, Hannah. That's exactly it, isn't it? We'll have the, uh, the the Blu-ray. You can listen to the podcast anytime you want. We will meet again. But in the meantime, it's all there for you to enjoy one more time or whenever you want. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, he's yeah. lovely. Yeah, there we are. Uh, so a bit later on, we'll be heading on over to our Facebook group because I don't know, Jamie, if you know this, but we have a Facebook group all to ourselves. I, well, I've heard of that before. There are a few other people. Yeah, that's right. Is it by chance at facebook.com slash groups slash podsterons? Uh, yes, you might well be right. Mm. Uh, and they uh, post pictures of their cosplay and their merch and their thoughts of, uh, you know, reviews and comments of, of, of various things. And I'll be reading some of them out a bit later on. Yeah. Do you know what I've just had a the, thought about? What's that then? Well, there were so many lovely people at the concert and the, and the live podcast recording and the yeah. screening before uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we t- we often talk about how a lovely place it is to be. I'm, yes. I'm just thinking, you know, um, Ricky Gervais, love him or hate him, whatever, and yeah. Afterlife and that all that being very successful. Yeah. And he always yeah. just says, best fans in the world. Uh, I wonder if we should say best fans in the universe. 
Ah, oh, very good. Because I, I feel like right. I feel like that is pretty much true. Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet like it right now. Oh, are you right now? Hashtag <gasps> best fans in the universe. There oh, you go. Just that. Is that it? Well, got a picture or anything? Or well, I'll, no, I'll, just that. I'll find a gif or something. All right. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Wait. Can thanks, it, can, but... Sorry. Sorry. Can it be the gif of me poking my head out of the? Uh... The sort of the skip from uh, I d- space. I don't feel like that's the no. The, oh, no, it's not appropriate. No, can it be the one of me uh, sort of fist bumping with um, uh, Bezel? Um, no, may- maybe. Does it have to be you? Yeah. Well, can it be the one of me when I look to Romek and he sort of sinks out of shape? <sighs> I'll tell you what. No. I'm going to go for the title mm-hmm. sequences. Oh. oh, all right then. Fair enough. Is that right? Does yeah, that have to be sense. about yeah. you? No. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Wish it was about me. Anyway. Everything else mm-hmm. is about you. Get on with it. Isn't there, isn't there something well, else? No, I'm just saying. No, no. I've, I've read some emails and we're going to oh. our Facebook group a little later on. We've had the news. We've had fab facts. And now it's time for part two of Ben's interview. Surely. Uh, that makes great sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Recorded purely for hashtag the best fans in the universe. Uh, ah. Yes. Keith Alexander, also known as Keith Buckley, is back for part two or three with producer Ben. And we'll hand over to them right now. So we were talking about, uh, in, as far as the order of things, do you think it was Thunderbird 6 that you worked on first for Sylvia? Uh, no, I'd already done uh, voices in Thunderbirds. And then I can't remember if uh, Ganger came before Thunderbird 6 or not. That's, Would have been pretty um, close together. Pre- very close, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, uh, it's, very, it's very interesting. When I went to... Uh, uh, or be auditioned by Robert Parrish yeah. for uh, Thunderbird Six, um, and um, oh, he—I I think I just said about two or three words. He says, "Oh, you're right, mate." So that was it. And um, but we went out f- to have a coffee, etc. And we, as we walked out the foyer at uh, Pinewood, there's um, a, a massive piece of rock on a stand in in the foyer, as I've said. Uh-huh. And uh, Robert, I'll never forget. He took one look at that and he says, that tooth has definitely got to come out. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the sort of guy he was, uh, very, very funny and um, a very good director. Yeah. What what was his his kind of style in directing Doppelganger? Did he... uh did he have a lot of notes to give, or was he very kind of dictatorial, or what was he like on set? Uh, in no way. I mean, uh, he was just one of the guys. He, yeah. uh, with Henry and Finesse and mm. uh, Weimark, um, I think he um, he didn't warm to Weimark very much, not because the, the character was he, that Patrick was playing was uh, abrasive or anything like that. It's just that... Um, he just related in a very kind way, and he didn't say more than a few words, you know, just I want a bit more of that, a little bit less than that. Uh, um, you let that slip, we could make a bit more of that sort of thing. No, mm. a very kind, caring, experienced director. He knew when to say something. Never saw him bawl anyone out. Yeah. As was Jerry. I mean, Jerry was a, a good director. He knew um, that he could rely on the casting being right. Hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things that used to annoy him terribly was um, script noise. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, if you're yeah. Uh, if yeah. you're behind the it's mic, this. can you have a piece of paper? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, some somewhat exaggerated, but um, 
English actors are very poor, or were at the time, with script noise. And in mm. fact, they were so self-conscious of turning a page that they would carefully drop the page they finished with onto the floor, you know, but of course someone else would tread on it and make a noise anyway. <laughs> um, we were very experienced at handling scripts, you know, one off the other, etc., or uh, and very experienced at working the same microphone all all around the same microphone, yeah. dodging in and out, etc., taking that moment when you were on because you could never be totally on with someone else's script in your nose so you couldn't read your script or whatever it might be. <laughs> Uh, a great deal of choreography, I'd say, was involved. You know, we were pretty light on our feet to dance in amongst one another to <laughs> say what we had to yeah, say. It sounds like a dance, uh, yeah. trying to gather around the mic and yeah, and find your way in to get your line said yeah. in time. But uh, Jerry was very upset about this paper noise, so he experimented with yeah. all kinds of paper. And the most ridiculous kind he ever came up with was a kind of blotting paper. So you know what blotting paper's like. It's very yeah. sort of, uh, the texture's rough. And so when you pulled one page against the other, you could hardly stop it from making a tearing sound. Anyway, so eventually we persuaded him uh, that there were, you know, there, there were ways around this. And, um, yeah. But the other thing was he would take us off uh, we rehearse. Oh, you probably want to know how we used to rehearse. Um, yeah. All the uh, series in, involving the supermarination were treated as radio scripts. So we did them from beginning to end, just like a play. Um, uh, films, of course, and television has done, you know, scenes here, scenes there. And sometimes you'd never meet characters um on the on, in that particular episode at all, but um, yeah, we'd rehearse this and get it to so-called concert pitch, and then Jerry would take us off for a boozy lunch, a wonderful, wonderful lunch with. Um, that's that's one of the most important things about any acting gig. Yes, is how good is the lunch? Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, Jerry would then have to say, "Look, chaps." The rehearsal was absolutely wonderful, etc. But the performers sort of lacked a little bit of that je ne sais quoi, you know, that we had then. You know, what is it? Now, there are two reasons for that. One was the booze, obviously. That's what affected yeah. the Australians. There were, the, the, with the English actor, there were two effects. There was the booze and the dying fall. Do you know what the dying fall is? No, no. Well... I hadn't encountered it until I worked in the UK. In the UK and in even here in Australia, when you fluff, cause um, a mistake of, of any sort, it means re-recording something. Uh, right, back in sure. the day w when I started, um, recordings were made on acetate, big discs, you know, uh, more than uh, uh, getting on for 50 centimeters in diameter. And I once, once a pal of mine um, made a mistake on the, the very last line of an episode of Hop Harrigan. And uh, he had done that three times in a row. I found him on the steps of Macquarie 2GB uh, in tears saying, I'll never work again. Uh, and he was lucky that he was able to. So, but in the UK, your name goes into a black book. And um, the grade organization, one of the biggest uh, 
organizations in television at the time had the black book. And no matter how famous you were, if your name went in that black book, you weren't working. So the dying fall was an actor not really going for the inspirational performance, which only comes from being totally released and able to give it everything that you're feeling. Hmm. They would hold back because of the fear of ending up in that black book. Yeah, being cautious. Yeah. And uh, hmm. all these uh, technologies were invented so that retakes uh, cause minimal fuss. You know, just do it again, mate. Done, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, that's the way it was then. And and probably still probably still today with, with certain directors and producers who just see that as a mark against your ability. Yeah, or when there's a time crunch or a live performance. Yep. In yep. those days, did you, uh, if you made a mistake, did you just start the line again or did you have to go back to the top of the scene? Uh, originally, that's what you had to do. When you were recording for Jerry and Sylvia. Ah, that's how it was with Jerry and Silver. You just uh, take a take a pause, take a breath, and say it. Not rush it. Just remember how you're saying it. Because so often people, when they correct themselves, they correct it in a hurry, and it just doesn't edit in well. Yeah. So uh, Jerry Jerry directed a lot of those dialogue sessions himself, or were yeah. there other people that stepped in to direct? Um, Jerry did mostly, but uh, we had David Lane and others, of course. Um, I've just got to yeah. think for the moment. What was the directing technique like? Did they just kind of, I guess because of the time, they just kind of had to let you go? Or did they give a lot of uh, performance notes? Or was there anything like that before lunch that they said, <laughs> okay, well, this is kind of what this is. And then you come back and do it after lunch? Or... No, not really. He might have grabbed someone to one side and just said something to them. But, you know, um, yeah. um, I'm glad to say I wasn't grabbed. Yeah. But uh, his directing style was good and precise. Usually things got ironed out after the first read anyway. And, um, and in fact, um, it's very interesting, the so-called first read, first take situation, uh, which you may or may not know about. Um, yeah. A first take is is special because it's the first time you're actually doing something. So there's, um, there's a feeling um, that because it's new. It's like a first kiss. You can never have a first kiss again. But as a professional, your first take doesn't have to be your best take because that's the stamp you've put on it. Mm-hmm. You're saying to yourself, if I'm happy with that, you're saying to yourself, I'm incapable of improving my performance. And that's, that's uh, in my opinion, the death of an actor. And there are too many actors who will uh, thrive and live on first performances. They'll feel that that was it because it felt good and was special. It, it doesn't have to feel good for you. It's got to feel good for the audience. And... Um, and the whole thing about acting is not, you know, particularly uh, since uh, in the modern era where uh, acting for real, you know, Stanislavski and all of that mm-hmm. became in vogue. Well, that, that's what I call peeping Tomism acting. If right. you were to go down the street and you were allowed to peek into somebody's window, you would see real life. Yeah. But 
unless you're some kind of voyeur, you'd probably find it pretty boring because real life is boring. Uh, now and then there's a murder and something really exciting that happens in quick time. Yes, but in the main, no, we are slow. Mm-hmm. The art of the actor and the, and the writer and director, of course, is to compress that, accelerate it when necessary, delay it when, when necessary, or whatever it might be. It is a very... So it's, it's something that when people think that acting is easy and, and sometimes it's presented as easy because you can get an actor or a personality and put them into a film or a play, etc., and they're good, but they're only good at being themselves. They are still capable of being boring. Right. And uh, the trouble with um, so much of this is people are are watching uh, personalities rather than the character. Right, um, yeah. For, That's I successful casting live. more than successful yeah. acting. Yes, but people are going along to see that person. They're not yeah. going along to see that story, you know. They're happy with that, and okay, if they're happy, they're happy. But it's not really what it's all about. I mean, for example, I really lament uh, the advent of television in this sense because... All the talented people in radio saw television as the great opportunity to move to this new and exciting medium. And certainly it was and still is Mm -hmm. if it's used properly. But um, so they abandoned radio and it's it's wonderful ability to include the audience because when you're listening to something on radio, you're engaged, you're clothing the character, Mm -hmm. you're describing you understand the beauty of, of the woman, um, the, the poignancy of the scene. All radio is offering are all the prompts to your own imagination, which make it special. Now, when you, see t- when you watch television, it's very passive. You're sitting there, and, in, and right in the middle of all this, someone saying, oh, isn't he the one that's married to so-and-so? Well, yes, and, and he did so, or she did something with so-and-so, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, the performance is, is going down the... Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the neat things about the, the puppet shows is that they, they're not complete actors. They're, they're just puppets. And so there's some room for the imagination to, to kind of finish the performance in a way. You see, you see the puppet and you hear the voice. Your brain puts it together mm-hmm. and makes a character. Yes. And so the audience is involved and, and uh, somehow or other they must get pleasure from that process. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. When you, uh, when you came in and did Thunderbird 6, there obviously had been Thunderbirds before that. Uh, did you feel at home with that, with that cast? Was there any sense oh, of very much. just right away, yeah. just clicked? Well, having worked with uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Wilkin and uh, yeah. Matt Zimmer and uh, uh, Matt Zimmer... And Zimmerman. Shane Rimmer. I mean, that's Shane Rimmer. Shane Rimmer. Yeah. No, they um, they were very welcoming and uh, uh, made one feel at home. So it was just uh, just just another step. Yeah. Yeah. So d- had you worked with a lot of them before? Were they familiar faces to you, for the most part? I had I had worked with Shane in a BBC play. I just can't think of the name of it f- for the moment. Um, but uh, I had worked in before I even went to the UK. Uh, with some famous personalities, because in radio we had two premier commercial 
stations doing uh, one-hour live plays. And I said live, too. Yeah. So I worked with Vincent Price and... Uh, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Sir Ralph Richardson and... Uh, yeah. Um, so many, uh, Anne Miller. Now, Anne Miller, the f- famous dancer, she, um, we rehearsed uh, a Lux Radio Theatre play. I can't remember the, ni- the name for the moment. And um, she's not noted for her acting, but she's a personality and she's, she's super intelligent, actually. We had the rehearsal, and then Harry Dirth, the producer, was giving her notes. And Anne Miller said, Look, this girl here, she's a much better actress than I am. She's going to play my part, and I'll play hers. And Harry said, oh, but, uh, you know, he was thinking, well, look, we've, we've paid dollars to get you out here, dear. You know, we want to get our money's worth. Sure. But anyway, she, she wowed the audience because she came on in the most wonderfully uh, colorful and uh, beautiful gown you've ever seen, and fantastic shoes. Uh-huh. And, of course, she did a tap dance for us before the show started. So, you know, the audience was happy, and Harry, too. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. So after um, after Thunderbirds and Doppelganger, there's uh, there's Joe ninety. Joe ninety, you got to play the American spy hero Sam Louver. Yeah. What what was that like being Sam? Well, he he was mainly a voice, really. Um, yeah. I, I I can't say that I found anything particularly challenging uh, in yeah. him. But uh, we so we uh, I very much enjoyed. The performances and the, the presence of Little Lynn Jones, yeah, uh, who uh, w- who worked a separate microphone. Uh, we wanted to include him, you know, to make him feel comfortable with us and you know embrace him, so to speak, in uh, the warmth of um, welcome. Um, but uh, they, um, I think it was David, wanted him separate to uh, get a different, slight acoustic on him. Yeah. Um, but then, of course. Um, uh, to work with the fantastic Rupert Davies, or Davis as he's called in uh, the, the UK, uh, who played the irrepressible and wonderful best ever May Gray. Yes. Uh, he told me a great story um, of when he was working on uh, Waterloo at the time and uh, with the great actor-director Sergei Bondarchuk, uh, who's had the who uh, played Pierre in War and Peace yeah. uh, and married the wonderful Anna, his wife, Irena. And, of course, uh, Napoleon uh, was played by um, Rod Steiger, yeah. very much of the method school that I've been referring to earlier. Very much so, yeah. And, of course, um, he, he was, I mean, I can't imagine um, that um, Napoleon would be played with any sort of method other than bravura because that's uh, the way Napoleon strutted and was, one presumes. Anyway, uh, Steiger was doing this, that, and the other with a role and forever telling Bondarchuk what to do. And Bondarchuk was very amenable sort of guy. He'd, off, he'd be saying, da Steiger, da Steiger, you know, agreeing with him, etc. But then the poor man got into his chauffeur-driven car with his Irena later in the day and she's belting him on the chest. What for you say this? Dash tiger, dash tiger, dash tiger, the capitalist swine, you know? <laughs> So she gave him absolute hell. But then at the same time, old Rupert told about having a, a, B, a radio with him at the time. And uh, it, he played um, BBC Radio News to the Cossack army there, which was supplied 
all the uh, soldiers for the Battle of Waterloo. And uh, eventually a commandant came up to him and said, you'll stop playing this BBC propaganda for my men. Otherwise, you know, like the horses here, you know, they cut. Because <laughs> many of the horses got cut throats when they, oh. they fell. The, yes, they, all these um, uh, subtitles about no animals are hurt in the making of this film, that's absolutely nonsense with uh, Waterloo. Um, lots, yeah. and, lots of horses were slaughtered and their grooms were crying as they slit their throats. Oh, it's terrible. Certainly in those days there wasn't nearly as much... Uh as much safety on set for animals and kind and of animal more, welfare. Yeah. <laughs> more of a, a more recent thing. But how, how cool is that, that you, uh, you got to hear that story from Rupert. That's a, well, I, um, I got to hear lots of stories because I, I've done a lot of interviews in my time as well. And, um, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous because, um, when you interview someone, you're paid to do it. And, uh, you're having a conversation you'd love to have anyway with somebody you'd like to meet you wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise meet. You get the opportunity to learn from them if you, if you can just shut up and ask the right questions. And at the same time, uh, um, if there's any chance of a relationship um, or, a, or a friendship, it, it does blossom. Hmm. So uh, I'm, I could be a colossal name dropper, um, mentioning lots and lots of people I've interviewed um, and... Uh, even your Dorothy Parker and Ronald Reagan and many others. It's extraordinary. But, but uh, a, a wonderful experience. I actually had a bad reputation for a while there because about six people in a row that I interviewed died within six months. Oh, no. Um, so nobody, So they used to joke in the office that uh, don't let him interview that person. <laughs> I don't want them to die. Well, I'm just off to the doctor's office now. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ooh, one more part. Oh. That to come, you know. Yeah, good. Because that was part two or three. And part, oh, was it? Part the third is next week in pod 205. I see. I see. And, and pod one, uh, or rather the first part, was last week. In pod 203. Uh, you're in right. In pod 203. Yeah, oh, you're getting good at this math stuff, Richard. I, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. yeah that's, uh, what I love about uh, people like Keith is, is hearing from people who were there at the time. We have celebrity yes. fans, we have people who've, uh, you know, uh, dissected uh, Jerry Anderson's work, but, but it's nice to hear, isn't it, from those voices that were there at the time. That's always fascinating. Absolutely, yes. And, and there are fewer and fewer of them, um, you know, with the yes, sad things like the recent passing of Leo Eaton, who we were very lucky to speak to over several parts, mm. uh, many tens of podcasts ago. Um, but yeah. yes, fewer and fewer voices, so it's great to, to hear from them. So well done, Ben, for arranging. And thank you, Keith, for being part of this podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very much. Uh, and talking of uh, voices we like to hear from... Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's head on over to our Facebook group where we've been hearing from lots of our podstrons. Nah. Uh, for example, from China, it's Paul Hyder, ah. who says, ah, now he says the Mistron rings in uh, Captain Scarlet were presumably shone uh, with some sort of torch. Has this flashlight ever been seen on any behind-the-scenes pics, or is there any more info on it? Does, does anyone own it, for example? That's a great question. So I don't know. I the mean, green I rings. Assume yeah. it will have been a bit of a, a lighting rig with a gel and some some shapes across the front. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've not Go seen it. I think they call it. It. it yes. I'm not sure. I don't, don't think know. I've seen see it in, in action, so I don't know. No. no. Um, Fair but someone like the randomised will know. So I'll ask yes. him later. But unfortunately, he's currently uh, polishing a doorknob. So. 
Oh, he is. Oh, you can see his face in that. Yeah, impressive. Oh, no, sorry, that is his face. Sorry. Uh, Rob Doyle uh, says, uh, The Starburst TV Zone Plus podcast reviews a life uncharted and talks about the concert in episode 96. This is uh, host Paul Mount, who's a massive Anderson fan. It's well worth listening to. He gave both... Nine out of ten. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that's it? all right, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, if you, you know, if you consider that you could never get to ten out of ten because that's perfection. No, ten out of ten would be ridiculous. So. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Keith Gooch says, "Am I the only one that wants to see the one and only complete episode of Jerry Anderson's GFI released on DVD in the near future?" Uh, anyone else? No. I think he is. Mm. I think he is the one and only. Yeah, just yeah. just you, Keith. So sadly, yeah. we can't we can't justify oh, it for one person. Go. So sorry. So uh, so are you saying, Jamie, if there was a, if there was a clamour of interest, it might be released. It would have to be a very significant clamour. I can tell you that. <laughs> I've got my own definition for what a clamour is in this <laughs> okay. case, and it's more significant okay. than you might expect. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to start, I'm going to start the ball rolling right here. Uh, AC commented underneath and said, uh, "It's just horrible. It's not even so bad. It's good. It's just." Bad. So uh, bad, Gary it's bad. Martin's, yeah, yeah. yeah, Gary Martin's voice work and the somewhat catchy theme tune are about the only halfway decent things about it. Yeah, no, uh, the best thing about it was the go. promotional GFI watch that I had when I was a kid. Oh, now that was very cool. I bet it was. But everything else, terrible. Yuhan <laughs> uh, says, uh, I was so worried that I wouldn't have any pay after being stuck at home with COVID for nearly two weeks uh, that I considered asking if there were any Podstrons here that would be generous enough to buy me a copy of Standby for Action on Blu-ray. I mean, do you know what, Yuhan? I bet, I bet they would have done. But he says, fortunately, my pay did come through. And not only am I still on top of my mortgage repayments, few, but I got a bit left over to pre-order a copy for myself. Now I can share in the experience many Podstrons had at the concert, albeit vicariously through the Blu-ray. Looking forward to it shipping in a few months. And that's from Yuhan. Yeah. yeah, great. Clint Nickel, I just ordered the Blu-ray as I'm in Australia, so I couldn't attend the concert. I'm assuming the CD will not have any more music than the Blu-ray. Otherwise, I'm going to be in trouble with the misses, says Clint. No, you'll have the same the same lineup. There might be slightly different editing between tracks and stuff, but it'll be the same sure. lineup. Okay, uh, Steve Beresford, I currently hate Chris Dale. Well... well. I mean, I yeah. would, I, Gosh. I won't agree with you That's because he's doing an absolute top-notch job of uh, of cleaning yeah. up my kitchen. Is I, he is he's so brilliant. grateful. It's amazing. Yeah, but why uh, do you hate he him? Says, thanks to well, he says thanks to Chris showing the first episode of Torchy at Pod Two Hundred One. I'm going to have to watch the second episode to finish the story. Really? <laughs> <Kit>. He says. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you going to have to? Really? Oh, I'm not sure to, about yeah, that. Really? Yeah. Um, James Munro, uh, who we heard from last week, I think he was the lucky winner of the uh, competition. Yeah, says one adventure is over, but another is about to begin. I've just finished watching Lavender Castle, and I don't think there's any other way to describe this show other than charming. It's just an utterly charming, fun, and sweet kids show. I love its visual style, even if the CGI parts are somewhat dated now. Mm. So Squeak-A-Lot is an adorable robot, and Walking Stick is such a snark. And yet, despite being aimed at small kids and often ignoring the laws of physics, like breathing in space, it still doesn't talk down to its viewers. It's not shy about the possibility of death. Heck, it even pulls the Anderson staple of the Everybody Dies episode. For its target audience, 10 minutes per episode feels just about right, and yet... I can't help but wonder, if they had aimed for kids a couple of years older with 25-minute episodes, could mm. they have come up with something even grander? Or would the magic have been lost? Anyway, on to the next show I haven't watched with Space Precinct. I think this will be a little different. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It will be a little different, I won't it? don't think it was ever described as charming, was it, Space Precinct? No. 
nor preschool. So no, no, certainly not. No. Uh, so what do you think? Twenty-five minute episode, uh, Lavender Castle for older oh, children. I, I think it would have had to have been a lot older thematically, right. and maybe it wouldn't okay. have worked so well. It's it's a little, it's a real curio, isn't it? It's a strange thing, yeah. a strange outlier in the in the Andiverse, but we yeah, do it love is. it. It's very yeah. sweet, yeah, very charming. Absolutely. Now, Jamie, finally, while I'm on the Facebook group, you might remember last week that Tom Hodden sent me a, a special choose-your-own-adventure-style quickfire fire. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I've realised, obviously, there were some options there that we didn't use last week. Oh. So, providing you give me different answers this time, we can once again hear from Tom Hodden's very special quickfire five. Right. Okay, Jamie. So are you ready for this? If you're a member, I'm going to read a question and then you'll be directed down a different path depending on your answer. I recall. Uh, so it's just like the, like the Choose Your Adventure game books back in the day. So just as a refresher, today, Jamie, you will be playing the role of everybody's best primate, Mitch. Yes. It's a quiet day in Black Rock. Max is on his spa day. The professors are away for a stag weekend and you, Mitch the ape, gave the kid his pocket money and sent him to the cinema. So now you're alone, unsupervised, and you have the keys to supercar. So let's have an adventure. Question one. For once, you won't have to ride in the boot. As you start supercar's engines and get behind the wheel, you only have to decide where shall we go? To the top of the sky? Or to the bottom of the ocean. Bottom of the ocean, I think. Ah. You plunge down into the depths of the ocean in search of sunken treasure and adventure. As you plunge down into the deepest abyss, you stray into enemy territory. Soon, an angry-looking terrorfish is looming down upon you. Quick, Mitch, what do you do? Warn them away lest they suffer your wrath, or beg for mercy. Oh, warn them. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm mighty Mitch. You open a communications channel and squawk loudly the amphibians and uh, at the amphibians rather and they try to respond with incoherent warbling after 45 minutes of their warnings and you're asking if they understand a word you're saying you aren't sure what agreement you've reached but they have now given you a crown marina and a lavender castle coloring book now however they're looking at you expectantly what do you offer them in return do you let them drive supercar or do you promise them that after the coup you will be a fair and honorable leader oh fair and honorable leader of course Ah, as the Aquafibians give you a strange look, you really don't think that they've understood you at all. Indeed, as they take supercar and leave you bobbing on the ocean in a life raft, it appears that you might have made a terrible mistake. As you paddle your way back to shore, you have ample time to ponder your next move. Do you A, confess all to Max Mercury, or B, frame Joe 90? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I have to confess, don't I? Yeah, you do this time, that's right. Okay, so, uh, you try your best, waving your hands and explaining your adventure in great detail, but the humans only answer back with blank looks. Exasperated, you decide it isn't worth the effort. The humans march off, determined to find Supercar and leave you behind. Oh, well, Mitch, how are you going to end it now? Do you give up and go back to bed? Or, well, if that's what they want, then why not get a few home truths off your chest? <laughs> it's home truths time. And that's the end of this week's <laughs> Quick Five Five. Wow, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good though, isn't it? Yes. Great value, doing it twice. Now, well, yeah, we're really milking it. Um, <laughs> Max Mercury, I believe yes. you said there. Yeah, I, I did, yes, yes. I, I mean, I stumbled a few times, but I had to keep the momentum going, didn't No, of I, course, for the storytelling value. I just yeah, imagined exactly. that Max was Mike's son and we were into like a next generation <laughs> thing here. That's what I was yeah, hoping that's for. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit like a concert pianist. If they, you know, if they drop a duff note, you have to carry on. Absolutely. Well, so that's how I consider myself. You, you are a comedic concert pianist. Uh, right. Beautiful work. 
Thank goodness for that. Anyway, uh, yes. Richard James. Now, oh, yes. uh, Chris has just appeared. Oh, uh, he's yeah. still marigolded up to the nines. Uh, he is. He's got uh, his pinny on. Absolutely. Yeah. And his little mm-hmm. um, head headgear there. Uh, I like but, that. Yeah. yeah, it looks lovely. But uh, I think he's kind of indicating that he's he's done with the cleaning and he's done an amazing job. Uh, and it's yes. now time for his randomizer. Yeah, careful with that feather duster, Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so careful. <clears throat> uh, well, on that note, shall we uh, shall we let him do the randomizer? I think I think we ought to. Yes, before he, before he tickles us to death. Yeah. All right. Okay, Chris, you can do it. There's a randomizer. Off you go. <laughs> oh, Chris. Who? <laughs> Who is it? It's uh, Chris Dale. What do you want? Well, I was rather hoping you might press the button on the randomizer for me today, Mr. Schladek. I would like to do it. Good evening, Mr. Schladek. How are things going with you? The tour is progressing well. Splendid. Well then, here's the randomizer. The button's there. Have at it. Thank you. Hard work, but very enjoyable. Ah, thank you. Oh, and uh, here, some uh, some takeaway for your trouble. Thank you for a wonderful dinner. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's McDonald's finest, I do assure you. Right, let's see what we have. Ah, okay. Well, it's Lavender Castle today with the Lost Starfighter. Good. Yes. And I think that about concludes our business, Mr. Schladek. Well, uh, good night. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Oh, and uh, you too, sir. Yes, thank you very much. It. Oh, don't believe in goodbyes, then. It's... Not important. Lavender Castle. A place of legend, fabled right across the universe. This is our quest to find it. So, welcome back to the randomizer after a very long absence. It's Lavender Castle, which, according to my notes, we haven't seen since Pod 169 with Bird of Prey, um, and yeah, there's, um, what was it, 24 or 26 of these to get through. It shouldn't be more rare than, than I don't know, UFO or, or whatever, but uh, it does seem like it's been a long time since we had any Lavender Castle, probably because, as I said, it has been a long time since we had any Lavender Castle. 30 weeks, in fact, that's uh, quite a sizable chunk of the year. So far, every episode of this, because remember I have not seen this show before, has uh, always been uh, an enjoyable experience. So here we go with The Lost Starfighter. Something ahoy! And Sproggle still hasn't learnt how to use a sextant. Must be a stealth craft. They're invisible to radar. But what's it doing out here? Oh, I love that Roger's just, uh, yeah, Sproggle must be right. It's not, it couldn't possibly be that he's completely incompetent. No, it must be an invisible spaceship. It looks like a starfighter. It's the Firefly. Oh. My old starfighter. Hooray. Flying it when the pirates caught me. Oh, okay. Rog, oh, it's, it's, it's painted in sort of Spitfire camouflage colours. It's got Rog 7 on the side of it. Handy against Dr. Egon. What do you say, Captain? Well. We're what, a minute into this story and already it's all just. See what you can do. I, uh, it's covered, you know, here's an old spaceship. Other shows would take about. 20 minutes just to get to the ship. Uh, Lavender Castle, obviously, being only 10 minutes long, can't waste any time. But of course, Trump is on the scene, relaying video to Dr. Aegon. Catch them napping. 
And that, although this is very early CGI and, and quite primitive, that shot of Aegon's spaceship, Aegon's spaceship always looks really good. <laughs> Um, Can't Sproggle fly, Starfighter? Because Sproggle barely knows how to use spoons. Yes, so Izzy has gone over to inspect the Starfighter. I don't know, the, the, the cockpit just seems to be open to space. I don't know um, if it's ever been explained how Lavender Castle characters can breathe in space, but Izzy just knocked himself out by tapping his nose on the controls. Right. Screw <coughs> that. It won't be the fastest starfighter in the galaxy, but it'll fly, all right? Oh. And here comes... Oh, this is the the, the the mad machine or the chaos machine. The thing that looks like a, a an elephant. Where would I be without you? Aren't you going to vaporize them? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's far too quick. Laser bolts will take longer. <laughs> It's not only the voice; it's it's the it's the animation. Obviously, the character of Doctor Aegon is just gorgeous to look at. But it's the finger animation. I love the the way the fingers sort of proper evil villain finger work there. Um. Yes. Needless to say, Sproggle has fallen out of the paradox. Hold on, Sproggle. Oh, why did I think letting you go outside on your own was going to be a good idea? Yes, considering that they are in the vacuum of space, Sproggle has stepped out and somehow managed to discover gravity. I wouldn't let that happen to you, would I, Sproggle? Oh, and Lycus had to save him once again. Oh, and here it comes. Oh, it's the mammoth machine, isn't it? See, I'm learning. I'm learning. Gradually, I'm learning these things about Lavender Castle. I hear that. <laughs> things are getting better by the minute. Hmm. More finger-waggling from Dr. Aegon. So, where are we now? What's happening? Aegon. Action stations, everyone. Action stations? Oh, he's still in the Starfighter. Oh, well, never mind. In him. What happened to Izzy? Wasn't Izzy out here doing repairs? I must have waffled over that. Aegon! Anyway, Sproggle is now in Roger's old Starfighter. The mammoth machine is circling. Featherless friend, let us... Oh, for the moment. I was mentioning fingers, and he just clicked them all there. Oh, no! Got to get out! Oh, no. Don't activate the self-destruct, Sproggle. Don't do that! Sproggle, listen to me. The self-destruct button is the one on the right-hand side. I think we've had enough savoring, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yes! So was this was this Aegon's plan? Trap one person in the old Starfighter and then blow them up? Now disengage the electron power lock. That's the big white lever on your left. I mean, it'll... Oh. Struggle... Will he be able to choose the right one? Yes, he's he's he knows the difference between left and right just about. Oh, uh, big, uh, red button. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this this must have been Aegon's plan. Just trap one of them and then uh, blow the ship up. But luckily, in inverted commas, Sproggle, oh, has managed to find the go very fast button. To rocket away from the mammoth machine. The little worm wants to play games, does he? Oh, fine. Oh, also animation on on the beard there, on the on the sides of his mouth. Whoa. Yeah. So 
The chase is on. The mammoth machine is after the uh, starfighter. Ooh, some nice. Uh... Oh, Sprogu's crying. Oh dear. As I said, I know he's not my favourite character, but uh, I do feel a bit sorry for him here. Come in, Sproggle. It's no good. We've lost him. Oh well, never mind. We can always find another useless comic relief character somewhere else. Now he's still with us. Despite the best efforts of the uh, mammoth machine to shoot him down, some lovely space CGI here. I mean, it is, you know, very late 1990s. But it still looks gorgeous. Look behind you, master. What? Oh, he's coming straight for us. Well, this hasn't turned into the story that I thought it would. Um, considering that this is... Oh, oh, that's a fight. More lovely facial reaction animation there from, uh, from Aegon, who's just shot the trunk off the mammoth machine. Yeah, considering this is uh, Roger's old starfighter, I would have expected Roger to actually... be a part of this story. But he's not really. It's another Sproggle does something silly and... Um, inadvertently saves the day by being slightly less incompetent than the villain. But I'll be back. I'll be back! <laughs> Shut up! Oh, that's it. Strangle Trump, that's always a always a good thing to do. Nice one, my son! Well, Hold it, everyone! How do we get Sproggle out of there? Well, do we have to get Sproggle out of there? It seems like efficiency on the uh, the paradox has been improved tenfold without Sproggle. Not again! I wonder what this one does. I do love though, as he's uh, oh he's ejected. Yes, as he's um, rotating in the ship, his eyes are also rolling around. It's a small touch, but it's uh, it's very sweet. So Sproggle has ejected himself no! from the Starfighter. And wouldn't you know it, he's hurtling straight towards the Paradox. <laughs> Captain Thrice just manages to turn the ship in time to get him through an airlock. Sproggle, where did you learn to fly like that? Oh, I wasn't flying. This is falling with style. Well, uh... I was panicking. Naturally. Ah, I see. All right. Sproggle must get back to work. Maps to read, routes to plot, directions... Problems to cause. Sproggle can't be good at everything. <laughs> but maybe one thing would be uh, would be something. I don't get it. No. Farewell, Firefly. I wonder if I'll ever see you again. Oh, I wish I'd been in this story. Thus we could have established some kind of connection between me and my old spaceship. Well, never mind. That was the last Starfighter. No, it wasn't. It was the lost Starfighter. The last Starfighter is a different film entirely. And that was... Yeah, I, I wouldn't put that in the top rank of Lavender Castle episodes that I've seen so far. But still, still quite enjoyable. But as I said there, the... Um, the fact that it just becomes another Sproggle is in trouble and the rest of the crew aren't really involved, particularly Roger not being involved with the discovery of his own old ship. I was thinking this would be a Roger episode, but no, still still somewhat enjoyable, but uh, perhaps not everything it could have been.
Well, isn't it funny that we yeah. talk about Lavender Castle a couple yeah. of times in the podcast yeah. and quite randomly, and it really is random, Yeah, you get Lavender Castle. It's That's lovely. right. So yeah, James will be pleased about that. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I do like a bit of Lavender Castle. Such a sweet thing. And I just, I, the music is so, so lovely. No, oh, sorry. Do you? Lavender Castle. Yeah. I see. Uh, the music is so lovely. Uh, Crispin's, yes. uh, Crispin's track for that. It's, it's just got that kind of fantasy cute sparkly loveliness to it i'm yeah yeah i could listen to that all day very nice uh however rather than listening to that all day i'm going to read a couple more comments from our youtube channel because i don't know if you know at home podstrons i suspect you do but there's all sorts of jerry anderson goodness on the jerry anderson official youtube channel uh from chris dale's primers uh to tech talk featuring john colshaw it's various members of the Tracy family. The podcast is up there, of course. Uh, sometimes, occasionally, the odd free episode, I've noticed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, Mark Simpson Wedge posted, Sorry I couldn't be at the concert uh, or the live podcast, but I'm glad to hear that the concert is going to get a DVD release, something the BBC could have done with the Doctor Who proms, but they never did. Just another reason why Anderson shows are better. Cool. Well, Yep. Very brave. I, uh, I, I also look forward to hearing Thunderbirds, Operation Asteroids, and other upcoming audio projects. So far, my favourite is Captain Scarlet, the silent saboteur, Spectrum File 2. I found out that John Thaden also wrote two Secret Service books. Are there any plans to make audio versions of them? And if so, who would do the voice of Stanley Unwin? Well, as you've already said, Richard, you have played a vicar on film before, so <laughs> I have. could I have. be you. Yeah. But could I would say those mm. books are mm, not... Oh, appropriate no. I think for a contemporary audience and whereas we can make little edits and nips and tucks of Thunderbirds and Stingray yeah. Yeah. Secret Service is much harder and also it's just a, a lot less popular so maybe in time there might sure. be something Secret Service-y but yeah. not for now not for now I mean how is John Coleshaw's Stanley Unwin that's all I'm saying uh, I mean mm. I, th- I think I think I could give him a, a run for his money yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, now, Peacemaker Dan <laughs> says, hi, really. no. hi, Jamie and Richard. Please, please, please do tell me that the Jerry Anderson documentary A Life Uncharted will be available on DVD in the near future. I really would like to watch it and keep it to watch again. I don't have BritBox, and so I'll be unable to view it at the moment. I love the podcast. I always listen to them on YouTube on a Monday morning when I'm at my modelling table building model kits, which is my lifelong hobby. Keep up the great nice. work. Nice. All the very best from Dan. Well, Dan, since you are so nicely, it will be on DVD and Blu-ray eventually. We can't give you a timeline for that yet, but uh, yes, that's absolutely the plan, so worry not. And also, we're coming around the country for uh, cinema dates. Yes, that's right. Maybe see you there. Yeah. Uh, And finally, for now then, Steve Bushell says, what a fun event the live podcasts are. If we could bottle the fun in that room and distribute it around the world, then it would be a better place. I completely agree. Why don't we sell some bottled live podcast atmosphere on the Jerry Anderson store? Sounds a little bit like snake oil. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a thing, wouldn't it? It would be a I thing. It would, yeah, it would be a thing. I bet people would buy it. I'd have a bottle. Yeah, sounds a bit risky for COVID and stuff. So, Oh, uh, sure. Fair enough. Yeah, yes. let's, let's see. But nice yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, do get in touch. Uh, post on our YouTube channel or on Twitter, hashtag us Jerry Anderson Podcast. Post on our Facebook group or email us at uh, podcast at jerryanderson.com. No, I shall read out your you, missives Richard, next time. You've oh, already oh, forgotten that they're supposed to be SPAing. <gasps> SPA podstrons. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that catchy thing I. The thing which you said we should use and which you've already failed to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. What did it stand for again? Send Podstron Amusement. Podstron Amusement. It's so, not working, is it? Please, SPA. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Right. I, On that note, yes. I think we should probably put mm-hmm. this to an end, don't you? Oh, okay. Yes, fine. Good. Well, 
thank you for allowing us to uh, make you make your lug holes moist. Uh, Would you stop? Just stop it. That was clammy ears, wasn't it? Right, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's that's Jay's fault. He, he, he I said something along those yeah, lines, which was yeah, disturbing yeah, after true. documentary screening. Yeah, anyway, right. Thanks for bearing with us. We'll be back for Pod Two Hundred Five next week with more of the usual gubbins. He said it. Yeah. So uh, until then, have a lovely week. Goodbye, Podstrons. Bye. 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 Stage one complete. Let's go. Now, Jamie, you haven't answered my question. Which was? What was your best bit of Jerry Anderson news? Oh, I see. You see, because I was actually thinking of stuff that we would have said in the Jerry Anderson news. Oh, okay. Um, no, I'm thinking of something that excited you as a child. Oh, well, or, I think, actually, you know, you know or, what? It's probably not far off yours, actually, which is Space Precinct going into production, because I've been watching really? Space Police on the on the Umatic for so long. Yes. Yeah. To hear that it was going to become a real thing was really yeah. exciting. And then to hear that I'd be allowed to hang around the set and yeah. hang around the model shop with uh, Richard Gregory yeah. and Christine Glanville, that probably was, was my best bit now, um, to date. Okay, that's interesting. Can I ask then, so that, you know, it's quite a big deal for your dad, wasn't it? Uh, Space Precinct going into yeah. production. It's a very big production. You know, he's sort of biggest success for many years in terms of you know getting the thing on and mm. the, the, the finances and the money that it was taken uh, and the exposure. But how did he take it at home? I mean, were there bottles of bubbly opened? Was there an evening of celebration? Or do you remember anything like that? No. Not just for Space Precinct, but for, for any new project that, that came along. New projects generally resulted in, let's all go out for a lovely meal, only okay. a Chinese, at the Chef Peking in Henley, which uh-huh. is now sadly long since gone. Yeah. But the main reaction was, and I shall paraphrase here, Yeah. was, um, oh, got to make the bloody thing now. Right, right. So yeah. you get to that, yeah. that you're crossing the line, the crossing the threshold. Wow, that's brilliant. But oh yes. no, that means a huge amount of work and a huge amount of stress. Right. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. But you know, that's what I feel every week when we produce a podcast. Which one? Oh, uh, well. The let's go out the for a meal or the, the, the. No, no, the, oh. the, the stress and oh, the worry. God, we've got to record it uh, now. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you there, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah. on that note, anyway, it's been great yeah, spending time with you, and I really look forward to speaking to you next week. Me too. I'm going to crack some champagne now it's over. <laughs> Rude. Bye! I'm on the whiskey. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. 